Welcome to the Your Dream or Mind podcast, the place to be if you dream of living a life of fulfillment, freedom, flow, and most importantly, fun. I'm Laura Cruz, the Dream Transition Mentor, the creator of the unique six-step Dream Transition Method, which will take you from idle daydream to transitioning into your wildly successful freedom-based business. Listen to inspirational stories from women who have been brave enough to take the leap from corporate and now live the life they've always dreamed of. Women like you and me. They did it, I did it, and you can too. Grab a cuppa, find a cosy spot, and sit back and enjoy the episode. My, my guest today on the Your Dream or Mine podcast is the lovely Social Pip, who is a small business social media consultant, which I discovered by checking her Instagram this morning. Um, welcome to the podcast, Pip. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I actually always just call you Pip. Do people call you Pippa or Pip? No, Pip. I'm mainly Pip. Pip. Or Social Pip. I get called that as well. Quite <laughs> Quite formal. Well, hello, social Pip. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Hello, Laura. <laughs> so uh, Pip and I met at a, where did we meet? It was the workshop. Well, we met Walking on Instagram. Too. No, first of all, you came to my work Instagram workshop. So you That's you and Jodie, I think Jodie tagged you on a post that I put out about one of my Instagram workshops in, was it 2020? Was it early 2022, I think? Either that or the back end of 21. Yeah, last year, yeah. Yeah, and then you came along and then it's gone from there, really. Yeah, no, it's been great. So um, really nice to connect and just shows the, you know, social media, well, it gets a bad rap and obviously that's what you do for work, but it gets a bad rap, but actually it's a force for good in many ways because, I've met some amazing female entrepreneurs who live quite locally to me, which is great. So, yeah, I came to uh, that workshop. I've also been to your Reels workshop. Actually, when I came to the Instagram workshop, I found that I've got a lot of followers in India, which which is not a problem other than they I don't know if they're bots or just men following. So that was quite interesting. All these things that you never know, you can find out. Um, but um that and the Reels workshop, absolutely brilliant. You've got a really lovely way of uh, getting information across in an understandable way. Although I think I told you when I came back from the Reels workshop, I told my kids, my teenagers, that I'd been to, on a workshop to learn about Reels. And they both rolled their eyes and were like, oh, my God, mum, you're like, unbelievable. How come you don't know how to make Reels? Thought, well, because I'm <laughs> 40 bloody eight, not 14, and I need help. It does not come naturally. Exactly. And um, business are very different to their kind of reels as well. Well, exactly, exactly. My son makes a lot of uh, a lot of reels about football, so yeah, very different. Um, and then, of course, you came to my networking group and did a talk, which was amazing. So, um, I did. Tell us, how did you get started with your business then? Um, well, it was complete, complete fluke. I hadn't planned to really start a business. I was um, so I think Cameron who's now 13, was, was he even one? Um, and Layla was on those three. And just the whole logistics of childcare and the cost of childcare was extortionate, really. And just, I mean, we have no family to help support with anything like that. So it was all down to us and paid childcare. At the time, 
um, for a graphic design studio in Hitchin and social media was becoming a thing. So they sort of said, set up our social media, please. Um, that was mainly Twitter at that point, to which I kind of became addicted. And sort of alongside this sort of like, you know, addiction to social media for the business I was working for. And then it sort of like coming over into my personal life in terms of like the, how much I was on Twitter and enjoyed Twitter, et cetera. Running alongside that was this issue with childcare because also I was obviously working in an office and the conversation had come up about holiday time and taking time off and obviously working part-time I have very little holiday because obviously it's pro rata and I was just kind of like I said to my husband I don't know how we're going to make this work because he works from sort of six to six in London every day um and it was just like you know it's one day a week but actually how am I going to take time off you know um, we can't afford two kids in childcare just for me to work during holiday it's just ridiculous um and I just kind of flippantly sort of said one night um, or a couple of times, like, you know, I just need something where I can just do something from home so then it can just work around the kids. And then I think one night I was um, on my BlackBerry um, tweeting and moaning about, oh, I was like, why is this business not replying on Twitter? I've asked them a really good question. They're missing opportunity. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, so he kind of made the, this flippant comment about, um, you know, why don't you turn that into your business? Um, and that's, it kind of sort of stemmed from there because really – I you know I had this passion for social media. I could do that from home. Um, you know, kid childcare wouldn't be an issue, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of what where it sort of stemmed from. And then he sort of said, if you can find uh, you know, somebody who's got a good reputation to sort of set you off and do do some training with you, we will, you know, I'll pay for that and we'll take it from there. I think really excited. I don't think I really viewed it as a business. So I don't think it had like the potential scary connotations. And also the nice thing about what I do is that uh, we don't, you know, it, I wanted to do something as well other than just kind of do this part-time job for a graphic design studio that taxed me. So that was really nice while I needed it. That, you know, I, ha- I had postnatal depression. I needed to get out of the house and I needed something that was easy. So that kind of ticked that box. But I was getting to the point, I think, as well, where, you know, I'd recovered from postnatal depression and I needed to use my brain. Um, because you know, I do have quite a good brain. It sounds very big headed, but I do have quite a good brain on my shoulders. And oh, I no, to, I love a big brain. Mm. <laughs> I wanted to test my brain matter and keep it ticking over. And the other thing I, that was a big driver was that I didn't want to keep asking my husband for money. Um, mm. you know, even just it wasn't necessarily for myself at that point in time. It was like if I want to put a kid in, you know, what I'm gonna sign one of the kids up to, like a club or a painting class. Like, I want to feel like I can say I'm gonna sign them up without having to go. I want to sign them up. Can we afford this? And I wanted to be able to go, you know, actually, I can pay for this. And so it was, yeah. you know, there was never any of that pressure of it being business. I just wanted to be cash in, something that made me feel a bit of independence, something that um, would help, obviously, you know, the financials and family and just something that would test my sort of grey matter. So I, it never felt scary like I'm setting up business. It was just, you know, that it was some way to earn some extra cash. And the other beauty is, is that, you know, because it wasn't the primary source of income, the pressure was off as well of it you know, bringing in X, Y, and Z or whatever it was. So that was quite nice, really. So it didn't feel scary. It just felt very exciting. That's interesting, isn't it? Because when we make a big decision to do something, that can feel quite scary because it's like, oh, I'm, not, I'm going to start a business, like this almost formal announcement that you're going to do it. But I guess from where you started from, it was like, well, it was a needs based thing. So, you you know, you needed to be not paying out for childcare. But I don't know, it almost feels like a kind of softer entrance into working for yourself than it would be if you. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
perhaps doesn't feel quite so uh, quite so difficult. So I was I was chuckling a bit when you said about your BlackBerry. My husband had a BlackBerry when I first met him, and he loved it. He's really into it. Some people listening may not know what a BlackBerry is, but um, so uh, <laughs> so I was going to ask you, um, like, has your offering, has what you do changed over the years? You've been working for yourself for so long now. So you know, from where you started from, helping people with Twitter, is that what you did at the start? Um, Twitter and Facebook, but mainly, mainly it was a lot of Twitter actually at the time, the Twitter training and things. So yeah, it has changed. I mean, I've I've been doing what I do now for eleven years, and when January just gone, so I started out just offering social media management because that was a nice, secure kind of. I knew how much money would come in each month. I had clients, you know, it wasn't like you know, there wasn't an unknown. These are my clients. I have this many, and we were signed up for you know however many months it was normally ongoing and that just fitted really nicely around because I could do social media management as and when when one of the kids was napping or in the evening or whatever because it was very much about maintaining scheduling kind of sort of um, thing as basics Um, and then really quickly I started to be asked for training which I'd never really thought of Um, but actually I thought actually you know what it's great if businesses can look after their social themselves because at the end of the day you know the authenticity of their responses and you know the voice etc is is them and as you know it doesn't matter I don't think how good you are as a social media manager you know you can emulate the business that you're looking after but you can yeah. you know, you're never 100% them and sometimes you know especially if you're answering questions that come in there's that delay making sure you've got the information right and you know answering it how they'd want to answer it so I started saying yeah I'll do some training and then around about 2018 so I call time with them. And then it just training took over. Um, and then it was very much one-to-one training. And then um, Ruth from Bumblebee Collective, who I worked with on the workshop, approached me in 2000, early 2019, I think it was, or end of 2018 as well. I said, have you thought about doing some workshops where you could collaborate? And then I was like, actually, that is something I've thought about for a long time, but I'd never really... I've never had the time to find a venue and sort of ticketing and all that kind of stuff. So that yeah, really, yeah. yeah, I just didn't have the headspace or time to think about that. And she was like, well, that's what I'll do. I'll do that side. You can deliver. And it's just worked brilliantly since then. And then obviously I've taken, especially with COVID, I've gone online because I was never online before. I was always face to face. And now workshops and training run online and in person too. So definitely changed how I work and also the services and also I don't do any Facebook or Twitter anymore because from 2018 as well the demand for Instagram was huge um and consequently that's all I've come to focus on so Twitter nobody asks about anything anyway and it's just a hot mess at the moment and Facebook I've kind of lost touch with so I offer what I call business basics because I still have an understanding of say Facebook but my real expertise is Instagram so platform wise it's changed services it's changed and how I offer the services has changed too completely so I think that's what's so great about working for yourself is that you can evolve over time and decide to drop stuff that maybe bores you or you feel like you've done to death and then move to something else yeah yeah. And put it around what, you know, what what is best for you. So, you know, I know why you started the business, but what do you what do you get from it now? Mm. What's the magic? So I often talk with my clients about what's the, the magic they get from doing something. What's the magic of of continuing to be social pip? 
Um, that's a really good question. What's the magic? I think I just get a real buzz out of helping people. I love teaching. I think the teacher in me still loves imparting knowledge and helping people have those light bulb moments. But I think for me, it's um, a mixture of uh, like, you know, small businesses realizing actually I can do this. Um, and it doesn't yeah. have to be as difficult as everyone makes it seem. There are lots yeah. of things you can do that can be really effective um, when social media feels overwhelming. So I think, you know, making businesses just feel like, actually, I can do this, empowering them and just helping them realize that actually it doesn't have to be difficult. Um, and then seeing them flourish or just, you know, start to enjoy Instagram because a lot of them hate it when they come to like see me or come to a workshop. So there's definitely that one. And I think the other thing that, you know, keeps sort of like ma- things, things magical is just, I know so many people and I love connecting people with people I think that they can you know align with or collaborate with or might be able to help or somebody help them or you know referring people I love doing that all the time supporting small businesses um in that way as well so I think those are the key magic sort of things for me and you connected me with the magnet lady I did which was amazing wow what a what a thing like you said oh I reckon you should you know Pick up with Faye and it was, yeah, biomagnetism. Absolutely fascinating. Mm. I felt different after it. It's it's <laughs> hard to explain. And people would think I was, oh, that's a bit bonkers. But I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, I love that feeling of supporting other women in business, but not in a, not in a hard sell or in a, like a, like feeling like you should doing it because there's so many amazing small businesses run by women who Mm -hmm. can absolutely help you in lots of different ways. So it's just amazing to be able to do that. So what's been your highest high then, do you think, of your business journey so far? um, Well, if I'm thinking probably about recent highs, it would probably be going live with Holly Tucker last year. Oh, yes. Because that was just um it was just like an amazing opportunity, firstly. I mean, she's like, you know, she's just like the queen of supporting small. Oh, um, I love her. And, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the kind of what came back from it was that actually I within a couple of days I had like a hundred extra followers who were all people I wanted to connect with. They were all small businesses. So you know, mm. I obviously never went live with that intention. That was just a nice byproduct of going live, but just having that opportunity for somebody to who has a huge following to actually think that, you know, I know my stuff enough um, to be able to go live with her was definitely, um, definitely a high. Um, I think before that, it was probably actually um, going on, going virtual in COVID because I've been somebody who's swore blind, but I would never, ever do anything virtual because I just loved face-to-face. I didn't really think it would work virtually. Um, I also didn't want to get to grips with the technology. Um, I just again, didn't have the headspace, didn't want to think about it. So I'd always been like, no, face-to-face suits me. And actually, it did suit me. I worked, you know, locally and it was just fine. But when COVID struck, I had no opportunity, you know, no, no other choice really than to go virtual or sync um, and just finish, um, which was not going to be an option. So getting to grips with all of that and turning things that were normally face-to-face online so they still worked was um, 
was a challenge but actually I'm really proud of how I coped with that because I'm not I'm not great with change shall we say <laughs> that was a that was a bit of a moment for me with all the other stuff that was going on like you know kids at home husband suddenly home you know pandemic yeah, you know, yeah. who knows you know so yeah that was um definitely another highlight I think for me um yeah those are my two most recent ones I think and also turning 10 actually how can I forget that turning 10 I mean that's yeah. quite cheap as well in 20 20, what are we now? 2022 turn 10, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting what you say, but just before I, well, when I decided I wanted to work for myself, I met up with somebody. I don't know how I met up with him. I think it was one of the directors at the company I worked at said, oh, you should speak to so-and-so. And I went and had a coffee with this guy who is a coach, or he's, but he bought into like a franchise business. So, you know, so he's got like a patch for this particular um uh, you know, coaching organization. Anyway, I had a coffee with him and I remember him saying, oh yeah, so I don't do the sessions face-to-face necessarily because the geography, I do them on Zoom. And I was like, Zoom, what is this thing? <laughs> I wrote it down like Zoom question marks. I didn't know what this thing was, you know, not knowing that like a year later, everything in life was going to be done on Zoom, including my own wedding. So yeah, quite a strange thing. How did the Holly Tucker thing come about then? Um... I, I reached out to her. Um, I just, she was talking about doing her SME SOS um, because I think small businesses were struggling. So it was March last year and she was doing a series. So she launched SME SOS in the pandemic, but because uh, I was quite busy in the pandemic because suddenly everyone was online and only really had social and various other digital formats to market themselves in. I didn't really have time to tune in that much, but she relaunched it again last year because businesses were saying they were struggling, et cetera. Um, and I'd watched a couple um, and I just pinged her a message saying, look, if you're looking for a small business Instagram expert, um, you know, feel free to reach out. I'd be more than happy to go live. And she sort of sent back a message because it isn't always her that replies. Yeah. It's it quite often, but sometimes it's her team. Sort of saying, yeah, that's great. Thank you very much. I'll bear in mind. And then one morning, I really early as well and it was I was quite quiet that month that I'd reached out to her and that one morning I had a client meeting booked in and I looked at my phone and it said Holly Tucker had followed you and I was like why she followed me that's got to mean something and then I went to my DMs and there was this voice message from Holly Tucker going you won't happen to be able to go live today at da 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 and I was like oh god I've got a client meeting I was like but I can't not go live so I sort of pinged my client message going I can't I'm sure you'll understand being a small business owner um, but I can't really say no. Um, but if you can't do any other time, you need to let me know because I will honor our meeting sort of thing. And they came back and said, no, 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 it's absolutely fine. It just, just literally, literally came back by me pinging her a message saying, look, if you need somebody, I'm more than happy to go live with you. And then she needed me. Love it. Fancy being needed by Holly Tucker. I'd love that. <laughs> She's amazing. So ages ago, I found, I was going through some old paperwork and I found an article. Um, that I'd cut out of a magazine probably 20 years ago. And it was a picture of Holly and it was when she'd set up not on the high street. And so she might've been in her mid, she might've been in her thirties and I'm not sure, but anyway, there was a picture and she was talking about why she set up not on the high street and I'd cut it out and kept it. So I was, I thought like she really inspired me. And then for me to come across it when I'd already set up my own business, I sent it to her and she was like, Oh my God, look at what I look like there. Like she was just <laughs> amazed, but I just thought, wow, I've just I've just admired her from a distance for a long time. If you're listening to this and you don't know who we're talking about, so Holly set up not on the high street, and now um she's got Holly.co, I think it is. Yeah, in, Holly, but 
She is a real advocate of small businesses. She's got an amazing book called I Love What You Do, I think it's called. And she's also got an amazing podcast, um, Conversations of Inspiration, which actually the way that I would listen to that in the car when I was driving to like, you know, I did quite a lot of driving for my corporate role. So I would listen to that in the car and I would be so inspired by the people who started their businesses. And it made me want to do it even more because it was just so great to listen to. So now that you look back on your kind of 10 years, 11 years as in your business, is there anything that you wish you'd known at the start? Like now with the with the kind of benefit of hindsight and wisdom, is there something you wish that you'd known? Gosh. Uh, no, <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I honestly can't think of anything. I'm one of those people who doesn't really live by like, oh, I mean, I know that your question isn't about regrets, but I'm not somebody who really lives by, oh God, you know, I really regret making that decision because I think we just make the choices that we do and we mm. need to go to go with it. Is there anything I really wish I'd know? Actually, yes, there is. Yes, there is. What am I saying? Um, uh, I suppose being a bit more to grips with financial stuff. Um, right. It, it wasn't until I gave up the social media management and then I didn't have that regular monthly income guaranteed that I started to properly forecast ahead. I was always, because obviously everything just came in each month and I kind of knew what it was. Um, and it was only because my husband sort of said, well, what's coming? You know, you've given this up, so you haven't got anything. So what have you got lined up for the next six, three months? What's coming in? And I went, well, I don't know. I've got this booking and that. And he's like, well, how much does that bring in? And I was like, well, I don't really know. <laughs> I know. And he was like, well, you can't run, even if it is like, you know, more of a lifestyle business, which is what mine is really. He's like, you can't run it like that. You need to know. Because if you're starting to pay out for this subscription and that subscription, and yeah, yeah. you can't. And actually, so it took me a while to really get to grips with that. And actually, I really wish I'd probably set that up beforehand because, you know, it had just given me a better yeah, grip on, on what I was doing. But because it was kind of just regular and just I didn't feel the need to. Um, what else do I wish I'd known? Um, God, there probably always is. I can never think of these kind of things. There won't be masses, though, because, as I said, I'm not oh. somebody who only looks back and goes, oh. I wish I hadn't done that or I wish I'd known that or whatever. So that's, that's probably my current answer. I'm sure when this finishes, I'll go, oh, yeah, there's that and that and that as well. Yeah. I think everything that you do is a learning, though, isn't it? Like I've, I'm doing an event in London next month. And uh, what I'm learning is uh, that the price that you pay for the stand is uh, there's loads of extras on top that they don't tell you about. And people listening to this who've done events will probably go, oh, yeah, it's obvious that you've got to pay for that, but I didn't know that. So I'm like, oh, okay, so I budgeted for that and that, and now I've got to pay for this and, and that, really. So I have to pay for that, but it's a learning curve. And do you know what? Like, Next time I'll know. It sounds like a flight with Ryanair. Oh, my God, my yeah. ticket's so cheap. But actually, I need this, this, and this, and this. Yeah, it's like literally, what do you mean you need electricity? You've got to pay for that. I was like, what? Anyway, it's a, it's a learning curve. It's a, it's a good one. <laughs> and I'm hoping to meet some really great people there. So it'll be definitely worth it. So Pip, if my listeners um, want to find out more about you and uh, perhaps come to one of your workshops, which I absolutely recommend. I think you'll remember my my famous saying at your Reels workshop where I said that was worth, that one thing you just said was worth the cost of the session on its own. And that was about 10 minutes in. Yeah, it was. And I, you know what? Every time I think about my Reels workshop, I always, always think of you and that comment and how everybody just killed themselves with laughter. 
Yeah, it was true. It was true. You've saved me from, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You've got to go on the Reels Workshop to find out, but it saved me loads of time. Um, so where you're on Instagram. I am on Instagram. It is my main platform. I'm on other platforms, but that's my main platform. So yeah, I am Social Pip um, on Instagram and also got a website, which I didn't used to have, actually. I didn't have that until the pandemic either. Um, and that is socialpip.co.uk. And you can find information about my services, um, what workshops are running online and offline, and lots of juicy and useful blog posts. Well, I like to think they are anyway on there as well. Love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And I know you're worried about your teenage son being noisy, but I've not heard him. It's just been the Wi-Fi that's been challenging. That's because I'm in the office and he's in the house. That's why. So it involves actually opening a door and coming out, which is too much effort, probably. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Your Dream or Mind podcast with me, your host, Laura Cruz. If you'd like to get your hands on my brilliant new book, Dream It and Do It, Six Steps into Your Own Dream Life and Business, then have a look on Amazon. You can order it today and get it tomorrow. The doors to the Dream Life Academy are always open. So once you've read the book, come on over and join me in the Academy. My mindset, coaching program and community all in one is the best place to be to live your own dream life.